following is a podcast from Sozo, a student ministry at Victory Family Church. We meet every Wednesday from 6.30 to 8.30. For more info, check us out on Instagram at SozoYTH. pretty good. Hey man, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm Pastor Ben, if you don't know me, and uh, I just want to remind you real quick before we jump into some scripture, I want to remind you why we're here, why we exist as a church and a youth group. We exist so that all people can realize that God loves them unconditionally. Come on, that's so true. God loves you. God loves me, and uh, you know, we're all about, here at Victory, we're all about Knowing God. And that's what our very service is about. We believe that within the service that you'll get the tools and the resources to grow in right relationship with God. Whether it's here or it's over in main service with Pastor John on the weekend who is our senior pastor. And so I just pray that you're jumping in over there. But, but this is how we know God. We get those tools and those resources. Amen. Hey, I want to encourage you tonight because um, I'm going to give us a lot. I'm going to be throwing out a lot here. Uh, I want to encourage you that note takers are history makers. I really believe that with everything in me. And so if this is your first time, welcome to the family. You belong. But I want to encourage you, please, please, please make sure that you're taking notes tonight. Whether you pull out your phone and, uh, and, you're, and you're getting it, however you're getting it down, but please. And then go through God's word with us, the Bible. It's so important. We good? All right, let's jump in. Hey, I want to give us a little bit of framework before we... we, we we read the scripture that we're about to read so that we're all on the same page here. Now, Genesis is where we're going to be reading from. Genesis is the first book of the Bible, and tonight we're going to look at the life of Joseph. Now, Joseph, he, he, he is the 11th son to a man named Jacob. Jacob, he had 11 other kids. Ten of them was with his first wife and, and, then, and then Rachel. Now, I want to share the story of how he met Rachel. Now, Jacob met Rachel. This is a great story on how they met. So one time, Jacob, he was going through this land, and, and he met a man that had two daughters. One was named Rachel, and the other one was named Leah. And so Rachel was beautiful to behold. Jacob sees her, he's like, dang, like this is a super cute Visco girl, like, oh, dang. And so, and so, so he goes to the dad, he's like, hey, um, hey, uh, what, you know, what, what I, uh, what, what's, uh, hey, um, what I got to do to get Rachel? You know what I'm saying? And so, so the Bible says that Leah, now Leah's the other sister, Leah, Leah had a weak eye. So translation, translation, Le Leah was ugly. Okay, so don't hate on me. That's what the Bible says. The Bible said it, not me. The Bible said that, that, that she wasn't good looking, right? And so, but Rachel was beautiful to behold. So he's like, what, what I got to do, what, can, can, I, can I have Rachel? Like holla at your boy. And so the father said, yeah, you can have my daughter if you serve my fields for seven years. So he served the fields for seven years and Jacob Jacob said, I'll do anything for Rachel, and so anything to get him. And so after seven years of serving the fields, the Bible said that it felt like just a few days to Jacob. But what happens is he gets hoodwinked by the father. See, the father gives him Leah instead of Rachel. And so he gives him Leah, the one with the weak eye. So he knew, the father knew that she was ugly, and he said, if you want Rachel, then you're going to have to serve me another seven years. So he does 14 years. He serves 14 years in order to get 
his wife Rachel. So after 14 years, the, the father finally gives him Rachel, and they go off. You know, it's, it's Leah and it's Rachel. And so for many, many years, but Rachel can't get pregnant. She, she cannot have a son. Finally, God, is, God allows her to give birth, and it's, it's to this young man named Joseph. Now, Joseph comes out. He's the 11th. So immediately, he becomes the favorite. Let me see your hand real quick, real quick, if you're the favorite child in your house. Let me see your hand. Chances are you are probably the youngest. That, I'm just saying it right there, right? You are the youngest child. And so he's the 11th, and the Bible says that his father, his father Jacob and his mother, Rachel, they loved him. They, make him, they love him so much, they make him this long coat with many colors, and it goes all the way down to the ground. And, and so he's their favorite child, and the brothers despise him. They do not like this boy, Jacob. One day, Joseph comes to his brothers and his parents, and, and, he, and he shares with them. He's like, hey, guys, I had a dream. Like, last night, I, I had this crazy dream. It was a good dream. It was a God dream. Like, it was crazy. Right now, let's read the text in Genesis 37. Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers, they hated him all the more. They said to them, listen to the dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field, and suddenly my, my sheaves rose up, stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to, to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream, and he told his, that he told to his brother, he said, listen, I had another dream, and at this, at this time, the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream that you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come down and bow to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter at hand. I want to preach a message tonight. And you could write down the title, it's called The Testing of Your Calling. The Testing of the Calling. And we believe that our God is so good that he has called all of us. We've all been called and that he will give you a dream and he will give you a vision. He will download a picture into your heart and, and the plans and the purposes that he has for your life. It's not up to you to make your own plans and your own dream for your life. God has al he already has a dream for you. Watch what the Bible says here in Jeremiah 29, 11. It's going to come up on the screen. For I know the plans I have for you, or you could say the dreams I have for you, declares the Lord. What kind of plans? <clears throat> plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. God has good, God's got a dream for your life. God's got a plan, and anytime he gives you a dream, he will follow it up with a test. And he's, he can't actually allow you to walk in your God calling, in your God dream, and, and until you pass some tests along the way. God does this not because he is upset with you or angry with you. He just wants to see, can you handle the weight and the magnitude of the dream that heaven has for your life? I want to talk tonight about a few tests that, that you will have to pass in your lifetime if you're going to step into your God-given potential. Anybody down to step into their God dream? Anybody down to step into their calling? Come on. And uh, <laughs> anybody want to step into the dream that, that God has for their life? Some of you are like, I got a dream to get married. <clears throat> Andrew Kenny. 
Seriously, though, he's getting married in February. It's a real deal. He's really excited about it. But, yeah, come on. That's his dream right now. One step at a time. But, hey, look, I, I want to pray, and we're just going to believe that God's going to come. He's going to strengthen us tonight that we can leave better than we came in. We can leave excited, and, uh, and God's got some good stuff in store for us tonight. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it brings life to our bones. Holy Spirit, would you open our eyes so we can see you? Would you, would you open our hearts so, so you just do the, the work in us that you need to, God? I thank you um, for strengthening us and helping us to grow in relationship with you. I thank you, God, that you have given us a dream, everyone in the room, whether we know it now or not. But you've got plans for our lives. And we thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you're testing us and helping us to grow in relationship with you. In Jesus' name, everyone said Amen and amen. Hey, real quick, by a show of hands, who in the room, where are my picture people at? Like, like who here, do you just love to take pictures? Anybody in here? Am I, come on. Yeah, loud and proud, my friend. You know, I'm, I'm all about taking pictures. I love these kind of people right here. You ever get into a group and, and you got to get a photo, you got everybody lined up, and you're looking, you're looking in the crowd for who can take the right photo. Who's got the eye? Anybody? Am I, am I, am I alone? And, and you're going down the line. You're like, no, <laughs> definitely not you. Like, but you ever get that guy that's like the shaky hands guy? You know what I'm saying? Like the whole time he's holding the phone and you're just like, you good? Like, like bro, like seriously, we, we all right? You all right? Like, and, and like you get the photo back and the photo's blurry because the shaky hands guy, like, like, or, or anybody, like, I, I can't stand this one, is when you get, like, you have that guy that you find, you think it's going to be a good guy to take the photo, and he takes 30 to 45 seconds. The whole time you're just sitting there waiting, you're like, you don't hear anything, he's not saying anything, you're like, he gives you the phone back, you look at it, and there's one picture. And you're like, what? 45 seconds, bro, I need options. Come on, the photo looks good if I look good. We ain't posting if I, if I look bad. But can I tell you that I have been guilty, 100% hands down, of posting pictures where I look good and the other people have their eyes closed and their mouth open. Am I the only one that's guilty? Come on. And uh, so I've done it, Mitch Gore. Yep, did it to him. And so, but, but this is something that's so crazy. I, I was having a conversation with my dad when I was younger. And he was sharing with me, this is like phones were just becoming a big deal. Smartphones, were, they were already out. And... And it's crazy how many photos you can take and the options that we have. But my dad was telling me that when he was in high school, when he was in high school, he had to take a photography class. And so what he would do, he told me the whole event, he said what, what we would do for that class is we would, we would get the camera and the roll, the film, we'd go out, we would shoot the shot. And once we got, once we got the right shot, we would come back into the lab, and inside the lab there was a dark room. And so all the lights were off, and he said that we would begin to develop the film. And we would put the film um, inside, like, like this basin of water. They'd dip it. They'd do their thing. They'd hang it up to dry. And they let it sit some time in, in, some dark, in, in the darkness before they brought it out to the light to show everybody. I want to talk tonight about the reality of God in your life that oftentimes God, he takes a photo and he downloads it to your heart and then he'll take you into the dark room where you can be developed and find out whose you are. Before he brings you into the light. Somebody thank him right now that God is good. He's gracious. He's kind. Come on. Come on. And then he actually, he'll bring you in and develop you 
before he brings you into the light. I, I love this about God. God will show you the photo. He'll show you the snapshot of your calling. He'll give you the picture. He'll give you the dream and then he'll say, we got to go in the hiding. We got to go in there for a little bit because I got to test. I got to see. I, I, I got to develop to see. I, I gotta, can you handle the weight of the dream that I've got for you? So these are four tests that I'm about to give you that Joseph had to, pot, that he had to pass to walk out his calling. Four tests to walk out his God dream. And the first test is this. You could write it down. This is the test of rejection. Oh, man. I just, you know, I hate to tell you. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Like, I don't want to be negative, but, but guess what? Not everybody's going to like you. Oh, it's just so true. Like, not everybody is going to like you. You're going to have people that they really don't want to see you win. All of us have to pass the test of rejection. And by the way, th this whole thing, this whole thing was built on a man that was rejected. In fact, when Jesus got up out the grave and went up to heaven, the Bible says that the stone that the builders rejected had for us become the chief's cornerstone. You're building your life right now on a man that was rejected, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He faced rejection. And Jesus said, if they rejected me, they're going to reject you. In fact, when, th 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 this, this is so crazy because, because here comes Joseph, the dreamer. And he comes up to his family and he, he goes, hey guys, isn't this awesome? This is amazing. I had a dream and you guys are worshiping me. It was so good. Definitely God. It was a God thing. It was good. And his family says, yeah, thanks for sharing, but we'd rather not. Like we reject you. We reject your jacket. We reject your dream, your calling, and everything about you. And one of the tests that you will have to pass in life is that you are good with rejection. Everybody gets rejected. Everybody gets tossed aside. Everybody faces being misplaced, and, and this just happens to Joseph and his very own family. By the way, the lesson that we can learn from Joseph is, is that you never share your dreams with the wrong people. If you share your dream with the wrong person, that stuff will get you killed. Because Joseph, Joseph thought that, hey, you know, you and I, we, we're flesh and blood. Like, they're going to be good. This is all good. Sometimes the worst rivalries are within the family. This comes from the, the very first book in the Bible, Genesis. Come on. The, the very first two brothers in the whole entire Bible, there was rivalry within that family. This goes all the way back to them. And we've got to understand that sometimes you'll be rejected. And watch here how Joseph faces this. It's going to come up on the screen in, in Genesis chapter 37. So Joseph went after his brothers and he found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance. And before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him in one of these cisterns and, and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dream. Then go down to verse 27. Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood, and his brothers agreed. So, so when the uh, Midianites, Midianite merchant, merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. 
Did you see that? These guys go, you know what? It's not going to look good on us if, if his blood is on our hands. So let's take off his Gucci coat. And let's put, on, let's put some animal blood on it. And we're going to go back to our dad, Jacob. And, and we're going to say, oh, oh, we don't know what happened. But Joseph, he's dead. But they really put him in a pit and waited for some buyers to come by. And sold him into slavery for 20 shekels of silver. And then he was brought to Egypt. See, the first test that you'll have to pass is even when you're rejected, can you stay sweet? Even when you're rejected, can you stay kind? Can you stay loving people when they don't love you? Even when people are against you, will you be for them? Come on, somebody thank God that even though you're rejected, it doesn't mean you've got to reject others. That, that I, I can just see Joseph, he's in a pit. He's, he's getting sold right now. And, and his brothers hate him. He's still sweet. He's still kind. He's still loving. He's passing the test of rejection. He gets sold into slavery and he goes to Egypt. And in Egypt, he gets sold to a man named Potiphar. And it is in Potiphar's house that he will face his second test. You could write this down, the test of temptation. When, when he gets to Potiphar's house, he's a Hebrew boy. He's a foreigner. But the Bible says that, that when he's placed in Potiphar's house, because favor was on his life, everything in Potiphar's house got better. Everything in his life got better. Everything started to flourish and take off. I want to I talk to somebody tonight that you feel like you've got to be in the right place at the right time to have God's favor on your life. No, 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 no. When I look around this room, every single one of you have the favor of God because you're a child of God. You've got the favor of God on your life. Here's the thing about favor, it's not fair. It ain't ever going to be fair. But you're a child of God. And so, so sometimes you can be in the wrong context. You can flip this whole thing upside down, the whole client, climate and environment, and he's in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's like, dang, before Joseph came, like, it wasn't so good. Like, honest, it wasn't, like, we were struggling. But since Joseph has come, everything. You ever know somebody in your life that it's like everything they touch turns to gold? And you're like, how do you, how do you do that? This is Joseph. Joseph's that kind of guy because he's got the favor of God on him. And, and you need to understand that you've got favor. And everywhere you go, you're blessing that school that you're blessing that football team, that you're blessing that environment, that if you're a follower of Jesus and you start posting Jesus stuff and you get on TikTok, guess what? You're blessing TikTok. Amen. Because wherever you are, the blessing of the Lord goes. Because you're carrying the favor of God. So watch what happens here. Joseph, Genesis 29. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household. He entrusted to his care everything that he owned. From the time that he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything that Potiphar had, both in-house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything that he had to Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate. So you see, Potiphar's only concern, his, his, the only thing he's worrying about, 
do we go to Chick-fil-A tonight or, or McDonald's? What's it going to be? Chick-fil-A, right? Come on. Lord's fries. Like, what's it good? That's the, that's the most difficult decision in his life. Because Joseph is in the house. Now, the Bible says that now Joseph was well-built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern me. My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except, from you, except for you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even to be with her. And one day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants, they were inside. She caught him by the cloak, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and he ran out the house like Joseph, butt naked, like Suya, like, no, you can keep the cloak. Like, I, I, I'm out. She's standing there with the jacket. Joseph basically said, you can have my coat, but you can't have my calling. You can have my jacket, but you can't jack my dream. Somebody thank God right now that the devil could try to tempt you, but you got a greater spirit that's in you that, that gives you the strength to get up and get out. Come on, somebody. I've just been thinking about this thought that Christianity is, is, is all about learning how, how you got to run from evil and run to righteousness. And Joseph says, you, you crazy. Like this is the first desperate housewife in the Bible right here. Like, like she's wild and out. She's crazy. She's like, Joseph, Joseph you, you pretty. Joseph, come, come to bed with me. Joe. Joe, look at my silk sheets. Joe, Joe, oh, you handsome. Joe, you got muscles. My man don't got muscles. Joe, hey, Joe, honey dripping from her lips. That's a Bible term. But, uh, but <laughs> and so, I'm, I mean, she nasty. Oh, she thirsty. Like, like this girl, she give you the heebie-jeebies. Every day, she's like, Joe, Joe, what's good with it? Joe. Joe, she's not even flirtatious. No, she's bold with it, with it. Like, come to bed with me. Like, oh my, you are scandalous. Like, oh, woman, no shame in that game. And so every day, Joe's like, no, you're crazy. Like, no, 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 crazy lady. Listen, listen up. I'm in charge of everything in Potiphar's house, everything that he's given me, except for you, because you got a ring on it, girl. Like you, you are married. I love this about Joseph. He said, how could I do this evil thing and sin against God? So Joseph doesn't make this an issue between Potiphar or him and Potiphar's wife. No, no, no. This is a God issue for Joseph. See, temptation has come in the form of seduction. But it is testing his faithfulness and his loyalty to God. And he said, no, 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 no. I, I know what this is. God is testing my faithfulness. God is testing my loyalty, and I'm not going to bow out for the passing pleasures of sin. I'm not going to have a one-night stand with some crazy lady that, that, that needs a man. Not on my watch. You can keep the jacket. I'm gone. 
That's what Joseph said because Joseph, he's passing the test of temptation. And some of you need to start to understand that God is testing you in the little things. And he's testing your faith with what belongs to another person. Don't take what doesn't belong to you. You go before God and you say, God, what, what have you given me? This is what you've given me. Then I want to steward it well. But I'm not messing with something that isn't mine. Somebody clap right now and thank the Lord. Come on. I'm passing the test of rejection. I'm passing, I'm passing temptation. And I've got faith for somebody that, that you, you keep giving in the temptation. You keep rolling over to that thing. Listen, it's not about that thing. you got to understand that God is concerned about the bigger picture. And he, he's got a calling for your life. He's got a destiny for you. And he wants to see you walk in the God dream. Amen. It's, it's not about that girl. It's not about that dude. It's not about that. It's not about that. You still up? Y'all know what I'm saying? It's not about that. <laughs> Shots fired at the crowd. What's up? But the Bible says that crazy lady, she's got the jacket. She's got the Gucci. It's not the Gucci jacket. Remember the Gucci jacket that had blood on it. It ain't that one. But she's got, she's got his jacket. She's gone. Crazy people, here's the deal. Crazy people will always bring up false accusations. So watch what she does. She goes, help, somebody. She's got the jacket in her hand. So, somebody, guys, hey, you, you hear me? Hello, help. The, the dudes start, they, they come running in, they're like, whoa, 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 um, Mrs. Potiphar's wife, what, what's the deal, what's going on? And, and, and so, you know, the lady that used to take too many pills, right? So, so I'm just calling it as it is tonight, right? She's crazy. So just track with me for a moment. And she says this, that Hebrew boy, Joseph, he tried to rape me. She's lying. She's lying through his teeth, through her teeth. But when Potiphar comes home, when he comes to Joseph, he says, what did you, bro, I elevated you in my house. You were in charge of everything. How could you? Now Potiphar throws Joseph in prison. What kind of life is Joseph living? He went from a pit to Potiphar's house to a prison cell. Yeah, God, thanks. It's been really swell serving you and following you, God. Like he's in prison now. And while he's in prison, the Bible says that he begins to make some friends. He's got some inmates. They're tight. They're doing some push-ups, some chin-ups. What's up? They're getting jacked together. They make you this little hand, handshake. They got this little pack. They say, like, hey, listen, if you get out, because we're all innocent, if you get out, you help me get out. If I get out, I'm going to help you get out. And so, so this is so crazy. One of them gets advanced. And he gets out. But he forgets about Joseph. Watch here as we put it up on the screen. Read these verses. Watch this in chapter 40. But when, but when all goes well with you, remember me. Show me kindness. Mention to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews. And even here I have nothing to, do, I have nothing to deserve with being put in the dungeon. Now verse 23. Read this. The, the chief... Cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. So the first test was rejection. The second test was 
temptation, but the third test is isolation. You could write this down tonight, the test of isolation. Sometimes God is just so good, and he just loves you enough. I, I just love this. God will always choose incubation through isolation. He puts you by yourself to say, come over here. I, I, I know that you want to be out and about. I know you want to you be at the parties. I know you want to be running around and having a good time with everybody. But, but what I got to do in you for what I'm trying to build in you, I need you to come and get alone and by yourself for a season. I promise you this, that, that you ought to use loneliness in your life for the good of God. I really believe this, that, that loneliness will make you lethal. If you use loneliness, God will build you up. God will, he will mold you, he will shape you, he will change you, rearrange you, um, redirect you, give you a whole new mindset, character. It's all in isolation. It's, it's amazing to me that Joseph, 17 years old, when he gets his dream, he's by himself, he gets his dream, his world is rocked. It'll be 13 years before he's the age 30 that that dream will come to pass. There is always a distance between desired, realized, and desired fulfilled. One of the things that, that God does because he loves you is he'll say, come, come, I know everybody wants to know your name, but before they know your name, I want to know your name. Come here, come, come, come. I'm a jealous God. I'm obsessed with you. I love you. I, I, I'm jealous for your attention. I'm jealous for your affection. I'm jealous for your devotion. Come on, I, I need you in isolation right now. And I wonder, I wonder if you want to be out in the streets so bad that I wonder if FOMO is killing your destiny. I wonder if FOMO is delaying your future. Because you want to be with everybody and you want to do what everybody else is doing. And you know what? God, God wants you to shut the whole thing down. And to get into some isolation. Let God do some work on your character and on your heart. And it can't happen while you're out and about. It can only happen when you're in isolation. I'm so thankful that I got married when I was 26 years old. Because when I, tw when I was 23, 24, 25, I was in the Word. I was reading books. I, I was spending, I was preparing myself with God. I was in total isolation. And, and, and I didn't want to be in isolation. I grew up in a small town. You ain't ever heard of it called Burgestown. And so ain't much going on there. But because God needed to prepare me for the things that he had for me. Listen. Stop looking at your isolation season like everybody's against you. And like nobody likes you. It's, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. It's God. God is hiding you in a place so that he can prepare you for a greater place. Come on, thank the Lord that he's up to something good in your life. It's a good place to clap. It's okay. He knows rejection. He knows temptation. He knows isolation. It's preparing you for the God dream that he has for you. And some of you are like, no, no, dude, I don't, I don't do isolation. Isolation isn't for me. I'll go into isolation. I'm just going to begin to binge watch Netflix. Listen, I'm telling you, put it down, man. Put down the Apple TV remote. Put it down. You can do it. Get the word of God in you and let isolation serve you. Amen? Here's Joseph. He's in prison. What a life. 
what a life. I bet sometimes, this is not in the Bible, this is my opinion, but I bet sometimes, I bet sometimes he was like, God, I wish I never had that dream. God, I wish I never told my brothers. It's the dumbest thing I've ever done. He didn't. This is the thing that got me into a, to a pit, into Potiphar's house, in prison. And he's in prison and he's, he's serving faithfully and he's loving God. You know, everywhere Joseph went, he flourished. Everywhere. I speak that over your life tonight, that everywhere you go, you flourish in the name of Jesus. Everywhere, everything you do, you do well. Everybody loved him in prison. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Cell 43, doing good. What's up, man? Hey. Just tight. Just boys. Just a happy dude. The Bible says, because remember, he's, he's not in Potiphar's house anymore. He's in Pharaoh's kingdom. Worship team, could you please come and join me? He's in Pharaoh's kingdom. And the Bible says that one night, Pharaoh has a dream. And when Pharaoh has a dream, he can't interpret the dream himself. And so, so he calls for all the like magicians and sorcerers and, and all these interpreters to come. And they all come. They try to interpret the dream, but they can't. They can't do it. They all fail one by one by one by one. And there's this one dude, he's in the room, he's kind of reluctant to say anything, but he's watching this all go down. And, and, and he goes to Pharaoh and he says, king, king of all of Egypt. He's like, Pharaoh, how you, how you doing? You doing good? Doing all right? Okay, 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 okay. Now, I know this might sound like this is going to sound kind of weird, okay, you know. But bro, there's, a, there's this guy in jail right now, his name's Joe, and uh, <laughs> he's not from around here. Like, he's a pretty solid dude. He's this Hebrew dude. And, uh, but I promise you, he's good at this kind of stuff. Like, he, he, I've watched him do it. He's good at interpreting dreams. And so Pharaoh's like, well, none of my guys can do it. Get him in here. I love this about God. In one moment, in one, can the worship team come on out and join me? They're going to help me sound spiritual. I promise. It's going to be good. You guys can come on out. Hello. Hey guys, you can come on out, help me sound spiritual. This is so awesome, I love this about God. Because in one moment, in one moment, he goes from the prison to the palace. Because God can hit the fast forward button on your life. God can promote you in one day. It can happen in one moment, in one second. He can take you places beyond your wildest dreams, something you couldn't even fathom. Prison, palace, prison, palace, prison, palace. Like, bloop, there you go, one button, prison, palace. Joseph walks up, he's like, oh man, this place is nice. Like, this ain't, this isn't, this is not the prison, that's for sure. Like, I was in the dungeon, like, whoa, this place looking pretty good. And Pharaoh's like, yeah, hey, I, I heard that you interpret dreams. And Joseph's like, eh, <laughs> dreams are a touchy subject in my house. Like, <laughs> pretty sensitive subject. But yeah, what you got? I'll indulge just a little bit. What, what, you, what you got? Pharaoh's like, okay, this is, this is what I saw. And he begins to tell him the dream. While he's telling him the dream, dream Joseph goes, oh my gosh. God, God just spoke to me. God told me exactly what your dream means. He, he's God, what God is trying to tell you, Pharaoh, is, is king for, for seven years. You are going to have extreme abundance. 
For seven years, things are going to go really, really well. It's going to be wild. You're going to be saving you're, you're, you're so many crops. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be so awesome, so much abundance. And right after that, king, there's going to be seven years of famine. And you're not going to be able to do anything with the crops, anything with the land. It's going to be really, really hard. And sir, what, what God is saying is, is to you, king, is that you need to save for these next seven years so that you can be ready for the other seven years. When he interprets the dream, King Pharaoh looks, he goes, oh, oh my gosh. Like this man, Joe, he, he knows his stuff. Like, wow, this is, this is so right. So right on the spot, right there in that very minute, he's advanced. He gets promoted. The same position that he had in Potiphar's house is now the same position that he has in Pharaoh's kingdom. He's the governor. He is number two of all of the land. Just like in one moment, he oversees the whole entire project. Seven years of abundance. Joseph's calling the shots. Store it, store it, save it, put it in the warehouse. Come on, get, get all that you can. Come on, we're, we're, and, and, and he's overseeing this project, and he's like, we're good. Two years into the project, and the Bible says that Joseph's father, Jacob, and his brothers... They're all over there. They're hungry. They need food. And Jacob, Jacob says to the boys, guys, we gotta, we gotta go to Egypt. We gotta go over there. They, we gotta go down and, and see if we can get some food for our family. We're hungry. And so the brothers come to Egypt, and when they show up, the governor, Joseph, he's standing there and he sees his brothers and, and he looks at them. They don't recognize him. But he recognizes them, and they all bow down before him. And Joseph goes, oh my God, 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 this is it. This is my dream. This is my God dream. It's happening. Ah! What I love about God is, is God, he's not going to warn you and say, hey, tomorrow I'm going to answer your dream. No, he just shows up and slaps you silly and goes, boom, my grace is this good. Boom, my love is, it, it, is so big. By the way, here I am, here it is. All that I am. I didn't warn you, I'm just that good. Anybody thankful that God's that good, that he can show up any day, any time, any hour, any moment? <laughs> Joseph, he's standing there and he's like, I can't believe, I can't believe this. I think, I think part of me wants to believe and, and wants to feel like Joseph was totally like, told you so. <laughs> God, I'm like, told you. But Joseph's like all of us. Like when your God dream comes to pass, you won't even know. You won't even know how to handle the situation. Because it's bigger than you could ever imagine. So Joseph doesn't know how to handle it. He's like, well, so, so who are you guys? Where, 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 where are you guys from? And do you have a dad? My dad? I mean, <clears throat> do, do you have a dad? You got a dad? You got a, you got a brother? Oh, cool. Okay, cool. Is he alive? Cool. Oh, okay. Rachel. Oh, okay. Rachel had two kids. Remember, the other real brother was Benjamin. You, you have another brother by chance? Benjamin, okay, he's alive? Okay, cool, okay, cool. Cool, okay, well, I'm not going to give you anything else until you bring Benjamin back with you. 
so the guys are like, oh, oh okay. And so they, they leave their place. They go back to their father. And Joseph, on their way, Joseph whispers to his attendants and he says, double their sacks. And so when they get back to their dad, they start to unpack their sacks. And, and they're like, are you kidding me? Reuben, Reuben, get over here. Simeon, are you kidding? Did you steal this stuff? How did we get all this stuff? Did you take this? Did you steal this stuff from, from Egypt? And they, they go to their dad and, and they're like, dad, hey, dad, we... We met the governor, we didn't catch his name, but he was asking about you, and he said, do we have a brother? And, and he said that he won't give us all of our stuff until we come back with our brother, with Benjamin. And the dad's like, are you crazy? You lost Joseph. There's no way I'm going to give you Benjamin too. The test that Joseph is going to have to pass, you could write down number four is the test of retribution. It's the hardest test to pass. Retribution is the hardest part. And the Bible says that, that eventually their bellies grew hungry. Jacob lets them go back and, and so they come back to Egypt a second time and they present themselves before their brother a second time. And as they come in, could you just stand to your feet? We're going to close on these last verses. And watch this. Watch how he forgives them. Genesis 45. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all of his attendants. And he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him. And Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, I am your brother, Joseph, the one that you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed. Do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, we've been in famine in the land. In the next five years, there will be no plowing or reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve an, a, a remnant for you on, on here on earth. To save your lives by a great deliverance. I just love Joseph because he's like, guys, don't be mad at yourselves. You didn't do this. God did this. Like Joseph, the man, because everything in his life, he's, he's, the, he's like a total boss. Everything in his life. It's not a person issue, it's a God issue. He didn't make Potiphar's wife a Potiphar wife issue. He made it a God issue. He didn't make the pit, the palace, the prison a man issue. He made it a God issue. He goes, guys, let me just tell you, it was God bringing me here to this place to preserve your life and to preserve the lives of others. Come on, I want to tell you right now that God's dream is bigger than you. God's dream will affect the people around you. It will impact so many other people's lives. It will deliver other people's souls, not just yours. Could you imagine being one of the brothers and being like, oh, oh my gosh, like 13 years ago we sold you into this. Like, wow. And here we are and he's telling them, don't be mad at yourselves. God did this to me. 
I wonder in your life if you're giving the people around you too much authority. I wonder in your life if you're letting so many people dictate your calling. God was testing you. God was testing your rejection. He was testing your isolation. He's testing your retribution. Listen, God will never cause bad things to happen to you in your life. That's not God. That's the enemy. There's a roaring lion that walks around looking for who he can seek, kill, and destroy. But God came to bring life and life abundantly. And God will always turn your sorrow into praise. That's our God. He's not causing the bad things to happen to you. But he's looking to see how you're going to respond when negative things happen in your life. He's looking to see if you're going to be pressure tested, if you're going to be te uh, tempered, quality tested. Are you going to be able to withstand the call of God on your life? Notice what Joseph doesn't say. He doesn't look at his brothers and go, pay back something else, huh? Karma. Yeah. No, 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 no. He says, guys, don't you be angry with you. God, God brought me from the pit to Potiphar's house to a prison cell. It was all a setup for me to walk in my God calling. It was all a setup for me to walk in my God dream. It was ultimately God's plan for my life. He used every bit and piece of it for his good. The reason why I love Joseph so much is this. He's a foreshadow of a greater, truer Joseph to come, and his name is Jesus. Because Jesus passed every test in the New Testament, Jesus was rejected, he faced temptation, he faced isolation, and when he was on the cross, Jesus said, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Come on, we can clap right now and praise, not Joseph, but Jesus. We can, pray Jesus, we can praise him tonight, and I just want to leave you on these few thoughts. I encourage you to pull out your phone, it's going to come up on the screen. I want to encourage you, receive a dream that no one understands. Share a dream that no one supports. Suffer for a dream that will surpass everyone and everything. And live out a dream that no one will pay the price for, but everybody will benefit from. Can we come up and worship God? Let's come up and worship God.